Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Notes podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bono's Show, and you can email us at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 67.5, and as always in the point five, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, a token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, the wonderful, the beautiful Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, how you doing today? Doing all right, Bo. How are you? Um, good now. I'm, uh, it's been kind of a hectic week, but I'm glad it's almost over. It's Friday afternoon and I'm a little behind. So I appreciate you being patient with me today. Hey, no worries. It's going, so, uh, let's get to the low hanging fruit. You know, we got our partners here at Studio Soapbox and I have, I got a little bit of a Twitter spat with the, uh, the, the godfather of the, uh, Studio Soapbox network over in, overnight last night. Did you see that? I did not. Uh, I oh. was pretty much off Twitter last night. So, so fill us in. Um, so, you know, we had the uh, Thursday night football game, the um, Raiders and the Rams. And the Rams scored two touchdowns in the last couple of minutes of the game. Sound familiar? Happened. Yep. If you listen to, my pod, listen to the pod from Monday, you know. <laughs> um, and um, Tyler kind of. I think he was drunk tweeting, which is never a good idea, folks. Generally, I, 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 I'm going to have to read the tweet because I got to give it. I got to give him his due justice before I, before I let you know exactly how hard I had to go at him. So, what we just witnessed from Baker Mayfield was one of the most impressive things in the history of this league. What? Yes. Talk now, about hyperbole, Jesus. I exactly. So I said, this is a terrible take. Be better. And I, I referred to him as hot, bad take Jones. <laughs> hot take, bad take Jones. So he comes back and so he comes back at me with, uh, we will likely never see a guy get cut and in two days put another team on his back and guide into a 14 point comeback win when he barely knew the playbook. That may and be fair. That's, that's a fair point. Fair point. We probably won't see that again. And my comeback to him was simply um, the, the context. Check out the context of a win versus a bad team and a bad game. It's not even mem- much memorable unless that it, it's not impressive. Uh, imagine being down 13 points to a Josh McDaniels coach team anyway. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. So, yeah, we kind of go back and forth. And he we, we text in the middle of all this as well. And I just, in the text, I actually said, you shouldn't drunk tweet. And then his reply back was something to the effect of, I like drunk tweeting and, and drunk texting. And I was like, come on, man. Where I'm going okay. with this. And you know, I love Tyler. I love yes. Tyler to death. And I love being on the show every week. And he's our studio soapbox godfather. He does a lot of work for us here. We appreciate every moment with him. For sure. But it, my take on it is this. You mentioned the word. You said the perfect word, hyperbole. We get to be the prisoner in the moment, and we say, if someone says something like this, in a week, we won't even remember that they scored two touchdowns. It isn't all that unique. It happened three days before. And yes, Brady is the GOAT, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And Mayfield, yes, just came onto the roster after joining the third team, his third team for the current season, three. Yeah. And Yes, he figured it out in the last two minutes. But they were playing the fucking Raiders. The Raiders yeah. raided. Our- Baker Mayfield didn't necessarily do anything great. The Raiders raided. Yeah. So the Raiders did the same thing. If you listen to the pod from earlier in the week, I went ape shit. You, if you haven't listened yet, I know you told me you hadn't yet. I went absolutely ape shit with Uncle Rico talking about that Saints Bucks game. Mm-hmm. Mostly because, as we all know, I'm a Saints fan. Yep. But the fact that Brady and the Bucks scored twice in that last five minutes, it was a masterclass on how to run the two-minute drill. But sure. the worst part, and I brought this up and, and Rico agreed with me on this, was that the Saints had it a, a possession and basically had the ball for 21 seconds. 
Like, how do you not run the clock out? How do you not get a first down? How do you not? It wasn't that they didn't even get a first down. It was they got three yards in the first play. Mm-hmm. Great. Give me three. I'm going to get one more in their first three plays, and we're going to be we're going to get a first yep. down. The second play, they decided they're going to throw the ball. And there's a sack for 10 yards. So I said, now you're you just add that yardage back in, even if it was a no game. Yeah. The Bucks lose their last time out because the next play you went you went and threw an incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. And we could argue Taysom Hill should have caught this would have been nothing, but at the same time, it was a great clean hit. So I'm not going to argue that. But what I will say is you shouldn't have been throwing the fall anyway. Make them use the third timeout. Mm-hmm. And that would have that in the 10 yards would have been enough. They wouldn't score. Right. It's not only being smart using clock to score, it's yeah, being yeah. smart using the clock to deplete it so someone else cannot score. Exactly. And and it was and Brady was a master class on how to run the team. Yeah. I did not see Baker run these two drills. I didn't see it. I was not watching. I watched the first three quarters and realized, fuck, these are two bad teams. I'm not <laughs> watching this one. I did hear what happened. I went back. I've seen the highlights like everybody else has. Right. And he looked, he did the same thing. He did, I mean, it was down the road, down the road, get first down, get a first down, get a first down. And, and boom, great job. No question about it. It was an impressive job what he did. We get caught up in the hyperbole of the moment. Well, and it's not only that. Tyler, bless him. He needs to let go of that OU thing that he thinks he has with Baker. Yeah. Baker ain't well, that good. Still, and I love Tyler, but he's a good example of like this whole generation. And we're, we're older than Tyler. We're about 15, 20 years older. And you look at it and go, the other thing that people will do is they'll say, well, this person's a fraud. This is a fraud. Right. Um, I've made the point of saying I think Dabo Sweeney and Clemson are a fraud. I've been saying it for four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been proven right this year, uh, really last year and this year. But just because someone loses doesn't make them a fraud. There's a difference. Like, we knew this was two bad teams last night. Absolutely. Something like this shouldn't have made a whole big – I mean, yes, it's celebrated. And absolutely, Baker Mayfield played great when he got in the game. Well – let me rephrase that. He didn't play great in the game. He played great in the last five minutes of the game. Yes. Because if he had played great in the game, they wouldn't have had to have scored 13 points. Correct. In those last five minutes. But he couldn't complete. He was just all over the place before that for the second, third, and half to fourth quarter that he was in. So it, you have to look at examine the entire thing. Sure. We can all pick out a little piece and go, and but just to say that something was this dramatically good. I'm like, God, this this will be forgotten in a week. By Sunday, we won't even talk about it because something bigger will happen between teams that matter. Right, or even Mahomes will do something ridiculously stupidly great against the Broncos on Sunday, which thankfully they flexed out of uh, Sunday night football so people don't have to suffer through it. Yeah, yeah. They didn't give us a yeah. great game. They gave us for Sunday night, though. They've got the Dolphins and the Chargers. I guess the Chargers are getting healthy. It'll be a little better. But... Yeah, it'll be good. I think the funniest thing about it, and I did not watch the game, followed it on Twitter, and um, because the vast majority of the people that I follow are from the Kansas City area, it's very yeah. Chief-centric, which is entertaining and crazy at times, but Ice Cube was sitting with Mark Davis in the owner's yes, box last night. And I'm pretty sure they weren't playing. Today was a good day in the Raiders locker room after that game. Yeah, I tend to agree. All right. It, it's been a crazy. So I just thought that some of that was last night. I wanted to get on it because I know that when I go back to his show on Wednesday, He's going to come at me, and I'm going to come back. So, Well, you little... know what? We open the invitation to Tyler whenever he chooses to come yeah. and join come us. Come on, and we will just dog him left and right. Yes. But we will let him talk first. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So we've, we've already talked about, I had four subjects here. I've got to tell you about one, but we'll get there. Okay. Um, so yes. let's just get into Brittany Griner. We've got a couple of thoughts on this. One, I'm very happy she's home. Yes. We, you just mentioned you were watching the game on Twitter, and Twitter is the best and the worst at the same time. And oh, Brittany for sure. Griner is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. So he's brought in to negotiate and figure out some kind of a hostage. Well, it is a hostage exchange in this case. Yeah. Brittany Griner is not a criminal. She's a hostage. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give them Victor Bout, who is the boot. boot. It's spelled Bout. I'm from from America. I know. It's like Christian Brown, which is spelled Braun. I still call him Braun. So anyway, Victor Boot, I'm going to give him, I'll be polite. We give him the Victor Boot. And who I've known a little bit about, I've seen the 60-minute stuff on him. And then I've seen the movie that the movie of him is based upon. Have you ever seen you ever seen the Nicolas Cage movie? It's called uh, The Lord of War. No. It's a really good movie. It's loosely based on Victor Boot. Victor, okay. uh, Victor um, they took a lot of liberties with it. Sure. In the, in the movie, he's of Russian descent, but he's actually an American. Okay. Because he's living in New York. But um, it shows you an idea of how that works and what he does. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. But so we make this exchange of a prisoner for a hostage in this case. That's how I'm determining it. That's my term. That's not the government's term. They want to say it's. So I wouldn't say prisoner. prisoner relative to boot. I would say convicted criminal. Yes. For a hostage. Yeah. And I call her a hostage because she didn't break any laws. This was a, this was a snatch and grab to try to do something. This was, this was, this was Vladimir Putin getting a famous American there who I think you brought this up, we kind of talked off air about it, who's black, who is um, a lesbian. Yep. And things are that are frowned upon in, in that country. And, and it happened use, just before he invaded Ukraine. Just before he invaded Ukraine. That gives him a little more, I don't want to call it political power, but it gives him another notch in the belt mm-hmm. of something, another tool that he can use. And that's what this was. That's, I mean, let's not get it twisted. That's what this was. Mm-hmm. So when I meant going back a step now, I said that Twitter is the best of us and the worst of us at the same time. There's a lot of us that celebrated that Brittany Griner is home because it really she did nothing wrong. And she's being held against her will and went through a, 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 a sham a, trial. A, yeah, sham. I mean, yeah, you, you want to call it a kangaroo court. You could do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um and their laws are certainly different than ours. Their legal system is obviously much different than ours. But then, you know, they sent her off to a penal colony. Yep. She was sentenced uh, to nine years in a penal nine colony. Nine years in prison, yeah. Now that we, we got her back. And I saw lots of people, I think you and I are also people that are saying, hey, it's great that we did this deal. Yes, we give up something in this case, but this is an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Someone who's not in a military background, someone who's not um, not over there in an exploratory way, if you will. She was just there to play basketball, which is her right. business. That's her business is to play basketball. She's a basketball player. And we know that a lot of these Russian oligarchs love to spend money on their basketball teams. Brittany Griner was the one to make the money. I get it. Mm-hmm. She becomes a political hostage. Yep. That's what this is. And so now we make the deal. She's coming home. What I didn't like on Twitter last night was I saw way too much of we brought the wrong person home. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially those people who in our political world are way right of center. Yes, And just want to whine and bitch whenever something's done that they don't 100% satisfied with mm-hmm. are going to complain because we bring home Brittany Griner, but not Mark Whelan, the, um, how would you put this, the, um, the former Marine who was over yep. there. Working as a contractor. He was not. I need to correct that. So he actually, okay. when when he was detained, he was there for a wedding. Oh, okay. That, that, okay. But he was he was arrested as a spy, correct? 
Well, that's what they charged him with. They charged yes. him with espionage. Okay. Yes. So saying that again, I, again, no one ever said Brittany Griner was involved with espionage. No. A different set of rules. If you're going to charge yes. somebody with espionage. As, as opposed to essentially having weed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to get some grief for this. Sure. But in my view, and I'm not saying that the Mark Whelan's life is not valuable, because it certainly is. All American lives are valuable in these situations. Paul Whelan, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul Whelan, I'm sorry. Mark Paul is Whelan's his brother, Mark. so it's yeah. okay. <laughs> That's, I knew I heard that name. So, so I've been doing a lot of reading on this. So yeah. um, I think they, doing and getting Brittany Griner was the right thing because she's the, the puppet in this. She's, the, she's being used. Not that Paul Whelan's not being used, but it's a different expectation was the way I put it. Yeah. That there may be something to this and, and maybe it's not trumped up charges necessarily. Maybe he was a spot. We don't, I don't know that. And I'm not saying that he was, and I'm not saying he's guilty. And I'm not saying he was not the same type of puppet, but I am saying given his background, and what he had done previously in his career, that there's a certain amount of expectation that you kind of know what's coming. There's something that comes with the territory in a way. Uh, certainly going to a prison for years and years is not something that should be to a Russian prison. should be something that's part of the territory. Uh, I don't want to sound too blunt about this. Sure. But I think the expectation is a different expectation. I think it was important. And I think also that you look at this negotiation, you go, hey, let's take who we can get. And yeah, in this I mean, case, we get someone who didn't do a wrong. We get to write that. We get to get her back safely. And, and I also think that some people just want to bitch because they want to bitch because they want to blame Biden. They want to blame the, the system. Sure. And some people just don't like it because she's a black woman. And all the above are are a little bit of it. And I think that's completely correct. And um, so I don't know how much to your point. um, And that's why I wanted to correct it because, you know, initially I thought that he was over there at work, but he was not, he was there for a wedding. So it was kind of like snatch and grab kind of thing. Um, just as well as it had been for Paul. And I want to correct myself again, that it's David is his brother that is common uh, on the media, who was very gracious the other morning. Absolutely. Throughout the media saying, we're glad that Brittany's home. We'll continue to work at it. Um, The biggest thing that they kind of commented on is that when Trevor Reed came home earlier in the year, they had not been contacted. So he had, he was former military also, I believe he had been detained, was in really poor health and they negotiated a release for him, but the Whelan family hadn't been notified. And so it caught them off guard. Yeah. But I think the bigger issue beyond the idea of anyone being a civilian, however you want to frame that, which I think is a very good point. To reiterate that she was a black gay woman, homosexuality is outlawed in Russia. Yeah. They don't like black folks. She has three strikes against her because she's also an American. Yeah. Um, being in that penal colony, which is basically just a work camp, you yeah. know, my understanding, these are very secretive areas that are just labor camps that uh, mirror what Stalin had in place back in the 40s. In 50s that I mean it's not great for Paul Whelan either there's there's no doubt about that but the thing it was either bring Britney or bring no one yeah and um you know Victor Boot has been a horrible human being he was convicted he was he has served some portion of his time, almost half of his prison sentence, not quite. Uh, but I, I agree with you. It's, it's, you can't 
not do anything. And I think the that he was dishonorably discharged. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I there's no right or wrong here. I no. really don't. But what upset me is that some people are going to take advantage of any situation to just be negative. Yeah. And that bothers me. So. And it's not only being negative, I think it gives them the chance to be racist as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's well put. Because I think your point on the fact that she's black is really bothersome for some people. I think it bothers some people too. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think so. So, all right. Oh, I'm glad you, I'm glad we were on that. Cause I, I just, again, I, again, I think Twitter is the best and the worst of us at the yes. same exact time. And it agreed. I really, that was, that was a, a prime example of that. And I just thought, God, I can't take it anymore. So I wanted to say something. Um, next one, I'm going to go from that sadder stuff to something that's really quick and, we're going to go into some fun stuff here. This is kind of the nerd stuff for you and I. We're both big baseball people. Mm-hmm. So this is this is actually my favorite time of the year a little bit in baseball. Hot stove um, season. Yes. So the hot stove is, is working and now free agency is open. And we've, we've seen some shit go down this first couple of weeks. Yeah, um, man. We've gotten some uh, reporters thrown under the bus due to their Twitter reporting. <laughs> yeah, Ellen, you know how I feel about that stuff. So, um, Arson Judge, did you see that? Yes, yes. Arson, Arson Judge. Judge was going to sign with the Giants. Yep. But Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, not surprising. I don't think this is surprising at all that Aaron Judge re signed with the Yankees. Are you surprised at all? Not really. I think it was smart of him to go and flirt with the National League uh, because he went to San Francisco, also did a quick dip down in San Diego. I know he's from California. I don't know which half of the state he's from. So um, it could have correlated with visiting family too and just kind of using it as a cover to make it look more intriguing than it actually was. But uh, yeah, I mean... Well, I don't know. I hate the Yankees, so I kind of hate that they resigned them, but what can you yeah. do? Yeah, so I'll be real transparent. First off, Aaron Judge is from Sacramento, so he's from NoCal. So um, yeah. the, the Giants were a team that really was big on Aaron Judge. They really wanted – they were coming hard. That was their number one target. Yeah. There was a lot of belief that he was going to sign with the Giants. Oh, absolutely. Um, the Giants did offer more money than the, the Yankees did, as did the San Diego Padres, who actually offered the most money. Yes. But I do understand, and I don't, okay, I understand why Judge signed with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's not surprising to me at all. One, to the New York Yankees. Two, being a Yankee great, it's worth the extra money that you would have given up. You're going to make that back. It's a different pantheon. Yeah. To be a Yankee, great, yeah. as compared to anywhere else. Yeah, it is. I mean, Aaron Judge has the opportunity to sit on the mantle with Ruth, Garrig, DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, and, and really their hat and Jeter. It could be yeah. Judge. He'll, he'll be in Monument Park. Yeah, it, it, I get the pull there. I. I have said about Aaron Judge many times that I'm a Red Sox fan, so I have to hate him. <laughs> but if he played for anybody else, he would probably be one of my favorite players. He seems to do things right. I, I like big, powerful, you know, long ball hitting guys. Everyone likes the long stroke, man. Yeah, you know, girls dig the chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, like, and he, and he, you know, he looks the part and he plays the part. He's been great. He's been absolutely fantastic. And I'm, and I'm happy that he gambled on himself. He could have last year had got an extension and it was going to be like in the $250 million range. He ended up getting, what was it 360, something like that? It was, that sounds about right. I, I don't have the exact number. He got offered 400 uh, for the same number of years uh, from the, uh, Padres, I understand it was 380 was what he got offered from the Giants. 
But you look at it and you go, what's 20 or 40 million? That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. But when you look at it like comparatively with the Giants, take the Giants one. I was talking, I was thinking about this in bed a couple nights ago. 380 living in San Francisco versus 360. What's that? Versus 360 in New York. That's kind of comparable. I mean, just as expensive to live there as it is in New York. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you usually say, well, man, living in New York and being a Yankee, that'd be a lot. It'd be, it cost you a lot. Not compared to San Francisco. I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I've been there once and it was ridiculous how much things cost there. And I've seen how much it costs to live there. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So I get that. And then I think, again, that whole legacy thing, being part of the Yankee legacy is a big deal. And he mm-hmm. can be the next great one. He could be, if nothing else, he will have earned Earn the money to be the next great one. Yeah. And I keep life. forgetting that he's older than I keep thinking he's younger than he is. Yeah, he's 30. Right. And so this is his last contract. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It'll be interesting because I also saw what was there was some graphic that came out that they talked about the density of the baseballs. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, that they've they've juiced the balls basically over the last right. And but they showed the differential between special events and then the postseason. And the postseason mm-hmm. baseballs were much more, or at least Yankee Stadium had some weird configuration. So well, Yankee uh, Stadium has that very, very short right field um where actually it's only like 310 to hit it out especially if you get it high enough because the second deck of yankee stadium actually hangs over the field yeah it does so it does i remember that high enough you only got to hit like 300 feet if you get it high enough Mm -hmm. and then if you hit it on a line over the right field wall it's like 315 yeah. And that's like for a good chunk of right field. It isn't just like at the line, like at Fenway Park, where you have the pesky pole. Yeah. You know, so it's, and then when they built Yankee Stadium, this is something that didn't really get talked about. They built the new Yankee Stadium. The wind blows everything out because of the way the, the stadium's built. The wind is always going out, and it's usually going out from left field to right field. Mm. They actually, it was so bad the first year. If you recall the first year that New Yankees, there were so many home runs that Major League Baseball made the Yankees add on to the top of Yankee Stadium to help push some of that wind drag off. I don't remember that at it, all. That's there was, it was something ridiculous how many home runs were hit in that stadium. It okay. was like every game there was six or seven home runs. Oh, shit. I mean, it was, it was to the point that I could go take BP. What, it hit left hand, <laughs> and I can hit home runs to left to right. Okay. Probably okay. could right now. And I'm not exaggerating thinking I'm cool. I can hit left-handed, and I can get the ball high enough. Mm-hmm. If I get the fastball, I can hit it out. Sure. I'm 45, 46, almost 47. So, but I can get one out. Of, I can get one out of Yankee Stadium to right field. Not so much okay. to left, but to right, I could. Okay. I could hit one pretty high on the monster at, Green, at, at Fenway if I wanted to. I, that's impressive. But but that's 37 feet high to get it over that thing. That thing's a it's called a monster for a reason. But you see it, it like takes away the whole experience. You're like, wow, Korea. that's a big fucking fence. Yeah. So uh, but other we had the judge thing happen. It was nine years, 360 million. So 40 million a year. Unbelievable amount of money. For a a, a a hitter, a right-handed hitter, and a and an outfielder. Yeah. Um, one I know you're happy with. I think <laughs> I hope you're happy with this one. Your Chicago Cubs signed Cody Bellinger to a one-year deal. The former MVP from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, Seventeen point five million. One of those kind of play a season. Let's see what happens. If this guy can get the season he had in 2019 back. He can play to that level again. This is a steal. Yeah, if he can get right, I'm here for it. What makes me more upset 
is that Wilson Contreras went to Cardinals. Yes. Who is their catcher and is amazing. And um, I adore him. And sorry, I'm a little distracted because Argentina and the Netherlands are trying to fight on the pitch right now during the World Cup match. Um, cool. Yeah, no, I've, I've never seen a bench rush the field and they just did. Nice. Um, I haven't turned off from here, so. Yeah, they, so it's, it's interesting. Argentina is all American up in this motherfucker here. Yes, Argentina is up 2-1 right now. So uh, with about two minutes left in in regular time. But uh, if, if Bellinger can get his shit right Mm -hmm. and actually hit, it'll be fun. But I, what worries me about this deal is I feel like we're going backward that the Cubs are doing these patch deals for big free agents and not really doing anything to get back to where they were in 2016, where a lot of it was finally homegrown talent. And I don't know what their farm system looks like because I don't, I like baseball, but I don't care that much. That much. Yeah. So I I look at it. I I understand where you're going because I kind of feel the way about my Red Sox right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you lose that homegrown talent. It's that's a pain in the ass. You mentioned Contreras. I think the part that hurts the most about Contreras is going to the Cardinals. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I mean, I thought he was going to leave, but I didn't think he was going to go to the Cardinals. It tend it it's. I mean, it happens a lot with the Cubs, oh. and it's just kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, five years, eighty-seven and a half million. Wilson Contreras will be the new catcher for the Cardinals. So it's got your he- retiring. Yeah, he's worth it, and he'll do great yeah. things for the cards, and it'll make me very sad. Yeah, that's not, that's that goes to your point also that the Cardinals are doing what like the Cubs and the Red Sox aren't doing. Right. They are not replacing that player. You know, they're losing Yadier Molina, who is the, I think, the best defensive catcher of a generation. Well, and he's the heart and soul of that team. And he, yeah. And they didn't just say, hey, let's bring up a kid. Instead, they said, let's go get somebody who can who can." Let's do get an all-star who we yeah. can bring over. Yeah. And from our hated rival. That's, yeah. Yeah. So um, a couple of the other ones that are out there. Um, $40 million a year for Judge. But there's somebody who got more than $40 million a year. And I got to pull the exact number up here. And that is Justin Verlander. 40 years old, wins the Cy Young after after Cy Young Award for the best pitcher in the American League after having Tommy John surgery. A two-year, $86 million contract. He's going to get $43 million a year for the next two years to play for the New York Mets. I mean, it's clear the Mets feel like they should have had a different season last year. And so they're going after it, which, hey, with Grom, do it. Yeah. But, wow. I mean, yeah. cheers to Justin Verlander for being 40, Cy Young, you know, World Series winner, and just chasing after it. Go to it, dude. And he's married to Kate Upton. Nobody in the world has a better life than Justin Verlander. And you know what? She will be after anyone who doubts Justin Verlander. It's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. They're, they're the couple we need in sports. Yes. Um, and, they, and the Mets do that because the Mets go get Verlander to fill a hole because Jacob deGrom leaves the Mets. He opted out. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, man, they go get him on a three-year gig at 40, 45 million. No, he gets a five-year deal with the Texas Rangers for 185. So 37 million. Damn it. I needed to be a pitcher. I needed to be a lot of things. <laughs> and I'm not about it. Damn, I, I I I told my father before he died years ago, he should have, when I was born, he should have broke my right arm, tied it behind my back, taught me how to throw baseball left-handed. That's all I should have done until I was like 16. It's a beautiful oh. thing if you're not getting Tommy John at 17, 18. Yeah. Oh, and there's kids who are. We'll yes. not even get into all that. The other big signing, there's two other ones I want to get real quick. 
the Phillies load up again. They go mm-hmm. get them another big time bat. They go and get the guy I think is really the, the best signing so far. And that's Trey Turner. Trey Turner's the yeah. fastest man in baseball. Um, but not only that, he can also hit. He plays a great shortstop. And uh, Trey Turner goes from the Dodgers to the Phillies, an 11-year, $300 million deal, a uh, full no-trade clause as well. Yeah, I and I told you this uh, offline, but I thought teams had figured this out with cool holes. Mm-hmm. And I just – I I don't – I don't – I don't understand why they continue to do these. Yes, it's peak of whatever, given their age. But why are you doing this? Yeah. Trey Turner, the example you're using, Trey Turner's on an 11-year deal. He's 29 years old. Yeah. I mean, so Pujols was what, 31? He was 31 when he got his 10-year deal with the Angels. Right. And I'm... I don't know. I just, I don't, um, well, I don't get I, it. I don't know part what of it I think the is, teams are. Well, I think part of it is the economics and they're thinking the end of this contract won't be as expensive as it is now. Okay. I think that's part of it. Okay. They're thinking, well, the economics are that if we're making this much now, we'll make this much more in 10 years. So this will be a smaller percentage. Let's make this guy a player here for life. Sure. Like, I understood giving Bryce Harper the 12-year deal that he got last year. Because he was also yeah. like 26, 27. You know, you're getting younger, all yeah. of his prime. And they did. He's already won an MVP in Philly. Yep. But now at Philly lineup at Trey Turner, he's going to be their leadoff guy. He's going to get on base a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And then the one that broke my heart. Trey Turner is 29, signed an 11-year deal. And since Trey Turner did not sign with the Phillies, and then Judge decided he wasn't going to go to the Padres or the Giants, the Padres said, we've got to add another bat. And they went and got my man, the X-Man, Xander Bogarts. Yes, they did. This broke, broke my heart, Ellen. I know. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But Xander Bogarts, bogey, miss you, bogey. 11 years, $280 million. I'm so happy for Xander Bogarts, first off. I love oh, Xander sure. Bogarts. One of my favorite Red Sox. Um, he was not getting an 11-year deal at Boston. Yeah. Plain and simple. And they weren't going to go above 25. And the, the, the Padres clearly did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that hurts is that not having Bogarts makes it even harder for the Red Sox to get a deal with his best friend, Rafael Devers. Because a lot of people believe that they had to do something with Bogarts to keep Devers. So if we lose Devers in this deal, you talk about losing heartbreak. I know you know about heartbreak as a Cubs fan. You lost Rizzo and Bryant and Schwarber. And who else did you lose in that deal? It was four of them. And Baez. Yes. We've now lost Mookie Betts, Bogarts, and we're going to lose Devers. Yeah. I mean, three of ours went in one day. <laughs> That's true. But and, and the thing is that there it isn't like the Red Sox couldn't afford them. They just lowballed. I do and, understand the 11 years. I get that. Yeah. I'm still pissed about Mookie Betts. It's been two years now. But um, I wouldn't have given Bogarts 11 years out. But I would have overpaid him for seven. And that's the thing. I There's so much in – athletic business comprehension that I don't understand that I'm, I'm okay saying these numbers don't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a sickening amount of money It is to think about that and to think about a player getting 200 million, 300 million, $400 million, 40 million, $43 million for a year to play baseball. But the economics are there. Hell, Aaron Rodgers is going to make $58 million next year with the Packers. Right. And and I, football side. So, I mean, it, hey, the economics is there. It's I'm, just that, what's I'm crazy about it to them. me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying I'm happy for them, but I'm also like, hmm. 
it'd be nice to have some cash left over from a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I look at it, I just go, man, I and my Red Sox are getting cheap. They're doing what you guys did. So, like last year, you guys went and got Seiya Suzuki, who's mm-hmm. really good. He's fantastic. We just we just assigned, we just signed Metsuka Yoshida from Japan, a 29-year-old from Japan, mm-hmm. um, a five-year deal. Yeah, it just amazes me. Going back to you're talking about the 11-year thing. I mean, I thought, and you're right, it started with pools. The 10-year deal when he was 31 or 32. They're guaranteeing these guys money out to 40. They can't all play till they're 40. No. Their skills are diminished by then. I mean, Pujols is dead. I mean, he Pujols, in the second half of this season, but he his his skills diminished greatly last season and the year before and yeah. the year before that. Yeah, no, I mean, the, this season, because I think you can even say running up to the All-Star break, he had an amazing season. Just, it was an aberration. No one expected back, it. Yeah, when he got back to St. Louis and when he got to the All-Star game, yeah, something happened to him at the All-Star game. Yeah. Somebody waved, waved something in front of his face and he was 10 years younger for the rest of the season. It was the retirement fairy dust, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so, but I mean, yes, we've got the hot stove is moving. There's still some players out there. Carlos Correa is still out there. Mm. Dansby Swanson. A goddamn Red Sox better get one of these two guys. The Buck. They're not. <laughs> I think the Braves are going to re-sign Dansby Swanson. And I think that um, um, Correa is going to end up with the Jets. Mm. Makes sense. All right. Um before we get to our last subject, we've got to do our pick segment. We've got to talk about picks for this week and what we got. we got a review. Uh, so last week, we both went one and one. Okay, so last week, a quick review. i got to give you some mad props because you took an underdog. on the, You went money line twice. And you took a yes. favorite and you took a money and you took a dog. And one of your dogs came home. And that was K-State, mm-hmm. who I kind of liked that game and I'm – I had bet that game. I actually rode your rode your coattails a little bit because nice. I took I bet on both of your bets. Okay. Now I lost the USC when USC was just bad on Friday night. It cost housed. And then K State on the money line. K State outplayed TCU in every which way. You saw that coming. We talked about it a little bit already. Um. Then I went in and had two NFL games. I had the Commandos. Finally, let me down. Commandos tied, and I had a minus two and a half. But then I went with the Vikings, and the Vikings did not let me down. They tried. Yeah, they did. Their cousins tried to let me down in that game, but the defense held strong. The defense did what you're supposed to do against a two minute pressure and didn't didn't give it all the way up. So I went one and one. You went one and one. That takes us to the year. I'm sitting at 12, 15 and one. Mm-hmm. You are sitting at nine, seven, and one, which means you're ahead and you're like positive. If you'd bet this, yeah. So you want to go first? You got picks, or you want me to go first? Uh you're welcome to. Okay. So my picks this week. I'm gonna ride that Vikings uh train again. The Vikings are actually a two-point underdog at Detroit. Okay. I'm shocked by this. The first line on Sunday night was actually the Vikings minus one. I waited and waited. Now the Vikings are plus two. Um, I don't know what Vegas knows that I don't know here. Mm -hmm. It's a noon game. The Vikings played well at noon all season. I do like the Lions and Dan Campbell, a lot of stuff they're doing. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Them scoring 40 points last week. They played a bad Jacksonville team last week. I think this is going to be – a game. I think the Vikings will win outright. Um, I'm going to take them plus the two uh, to cover me in case it's a one-point game, but I like the Vikings. Okay. The other one, my man, Joe Burrow, who <laughs> single-handedly took it to the Kansas City Chiefs last week. He didn't, he didn't even it. have he 10 more players in the team. He just single-handedly grabbed the team, and unlike Baker Mayfield, he showed that he is the best quarterback in the NFL. You know that's bullshit as it's coming out of your mouth. But, no, hey, um, Joe Burrow totally outplayed Patrick Mahomes. That isn't how you win the game. You don't play quarterback versus quarterback. 
Burrow played great. They are playing the Browns this week, who were a disaster last week. They're going to be, be still be a disaster. The Browns beat the Bengals earlier in the year in one of those games when Burrow was still not healthy and getting over the appendectomy. Mm-hmm. I think it's a situation now where you got a Browns team that's not good. They're still trying to figure out they got a new quarterback. Deshaun Watson's back. We're not going to talk about all that right now. Mm. So you got to deal with that stuff. He's going to play better. Watson will this week. He did last week. But I don't think it's going to be enough. The Bengals are at full strength. They may be getting Joe Mixon back as well. Yeah. The Bengals are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I like them, minus the five-and-a-half. So Bengals, Vikings. Okay. Um, You know, for the last – However many weeks I have ridden Kansas. And now that we transition into basketball, I will continue to do so. Um, KU plays Missouri tomorrow at the Page Center. And, uh, you know, the border showdown, border war, whatever you prefer to call it, is resurrected, at least in basketball for the time being. Yeah. KU is a three and a half point favorite. Missouri... I mean, I think they've only lost one game so far this season, but I don't think that they've played anybody either. So I'm taking KU uh, to cover. Yes. KU minus three? Three and a half. Mizzou has played a lot better, and I've watched them a couple times. I've watched a, a few minutes here and there. Yeah. I went to the KU-Mizzou game last year. I know. And KU was the much better team but I saw some glimpses out of Mizzou where it's like, ooh, when a couple of those guys get older, they're going to be really good. Oh, it's sure. The bigs. It's the bigs. And you look, at, and that's not going to help them against KU. So I kind of agree with you there. I would take KU and do the same bet if I was you. That's your only pick yep. this week? Um, let's see. I need to check the line. I have the pleasure of attending the Nuggets jazz game tomorrow because okay. it's right. KU alumni night. Oh, tomorrow at the Denver Nuggets. So I want to take a peek at that spread because I do not know it. Um, let's see. I did as well. Um, so yeah, they may, they don't have the spread out yet. So I don't have it out yet. Uh, I'm still going to take the Nuggets. They've this last like 10 days worth of games have been such an up and down for the nuggets that it's last minute shots for whoever wins. So I'm going to take the nuggets to, to get something solid at home. I had the nuggets a couple nights ago. Maybe it was last Mm -hmm. night. They won by one. Yeah. And I had them plus two. Yeah. Yeah. I had them plus two. It was great. Uh, That was one of those live in game bets, which you can get at Caesars. So Uh, check out Caesar Sportsbook. Check out the uh, the link in the show notes. Coming soon, we'll also have a QR code we can use and get that for you. You will get a match of up to twelve hundred and fifty bucks on you if you lose your first bet, and you get a little extra bonus, just a deposit bonus for using our code as well. So check that out. Check out Caesar Sportsbook. We appreciate Caesar's for sponsoring the podcast as always. All right, last thing. Last week we talked about Coach Prime. And yeah, we didn't know man. Where he was going to go at the time, and you thought Colorado was going to be the place. I was thinking it was going to be South Florida. You were right. I was wrong. Um, boy, it has kind of shaken. Have you seen some of the things that are out there and things that have been said? And- oh, you mean that he told the entire team to pack up and head to the portal? Okay, let's just start at the beginning. <laughs> so Dion has accepted the job. He's the new head coach at the Colorado mm-hmm. and the Colorado Buffaloes. And so um at the SWAC championship game, did you see what he did at the championship game? When he like, told off, everybody that he was leaving? Okay, he first off had no media availability. He did right. not talk to the media. Because he had the on campus thing, right? Yeah. On the stage, as they're going to get the trophy and celebrate, he's going to talk to the crowd. He's literally telling people to get, let's go, let's go, let's go. He's trying to 
He's trying to get out of there as fast as he can. Yep. He's like pointing at his watch. He's like winding his hand, like, let's go, let's go. He needed to get out of there. So he accepts it, everything else. Didn't really, he thanks the people for being there. He thanks everybody for that. And then he goes to the locker room. He tells his players that he has accepted the job at Colorado. He tells his players in person and tells them, look, you're either going to be, I can't remember the exact verbiage he uses, something like, you're either going to be elevated or let go at some yep. point. And so he's saying, look, this is an opportunity. I can't pass this up. Yep. He then encourages his players at Jackson State to stay at Jackson, not to or not to enter the portal. There's no media availability after the game, jumps on a plane, heads to Boulder. Yep. Gets to Boulder, has the press conference. Has the press conference. He wins the press conference. God, Dion mm-hmm. has that smile. He has the gift to gab. He's right. fucking incredible. And Dion, I mean, the funniest part to me is the I think it was the president of the of the school was there, and he says mm-hmm. he's asked, "How did you guys get the money for this?" And he says, "Well, we don't have it all yet. No, we will." And I'm sure there's boosters and there's money coming in. I mean, oh, for sure, stuff. Yeah, so they're gonna have it. it. Ain't gonna be a problem. The economics are there, but Dion's now there. Mm-hmm. The Dion then goes and has a meeting, which has been t- been filmed, and it was on Twitter. Anywhere you want to go, you can find this. He pulls the entire existing Colorado team into a conference, into the meeting room, and he says, "I'm bringing my own baggage, and it's Louis." Mm-hmm. He's got he's I got ten guys coming, and they're all dogs. Yep, and he knows he's got ten top recruits, four and five star guys. Including his son at quarterback. Including his son. Oh, his son doesn't look like he's excited at all about going to Colorado. I disagree. Uh, but what I saw at the Jackson State deal, that's where I saw it. At the Jackson State deal, he did not look like he wanted to leave Jackson. So last night, okay. Dion made his first campus appearance at okay. the Colorado's, Colorado State basketball game in the okay. second half. He had an entourage. He was brought in with security with his son and some other folks that Mm -hmm. I presume are transferring. Yeah. Standing ovation. Okay. For like three minutes. Yeah. There was no concern from his son seeing that. Yeah. So uh, the thing I I took away from this is a couple of things. One, I absolutely would have done what Dion did. I'm not going to sit here for a moment and say that I wouldn't have gone from Jackson State to Colorado that fast. I mean, you're not going to you're going to increase my salary from 350,000 to 5 million. I get to go to a Division 1 program and a place where you've 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 told me you've given me the promise of support. That's the biggest thing. I got to have the support to get this mm-hmm. thing moving. So it looks like he's going to get that too. So Dion is uh, headed to Colorado. I was watching, I want to say it was two, it was Monday or Tuesday on CNN. Mm-hmm. Don Lemon in the morning show had Beaumonty Jones on. Yep. Did you see that was this? Monday morning. Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And the, if you didn't hear it, the headline says Dion Sanders, a sellout question mark. And that was not what Bomani Jones was trying to say. Nope. And some people are calling Dion a sellout, saying mm-hmm. that, hey, he went to Jackson State, made these promises. It made it sound like he was going to be Eddie Robinson, you know, the grambling, the old Grambling State coach right. for the next 40 years. He never said he was doing that. He said he was going to go there and he was going to bring some light to the HBCUs. I then listened to Bomani Jones' podcast. Because on Monday, he talked extensively about this. He has mm-hmm. a strong opinion. He's also someone who attended an HBCU. Yep. And this is where I think this is where I, I love the fact that we don't all have to agree. And that this is someone where I slightly agree and slightly disagree with mm-hmm. Mike Jones. One, 
Bobani said, I didn't call him a sellout. And I take, um, I, he, he, he takes, he doesn't like the fact that some people were saying that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what I was saying. If you saw that on the screen, I'm sorry. That's not what I was saying. Yeah. Some places you see CNN, you just see what's on the screen, you don't hear it. And he and he shot back at Don Lemon about that live on the air. He was like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is this is the things that he needs to think about. And I thought he brought up a couple of good points. The, the points he brought up were one, Dion Wink got the job at Jackson State, a team that was already doing fairly well. This is a mm-hmm. team that was already selling out about 30,000 seats a game in their stadium. They were winning. They were not winning at the level that Dion has won in the last three years. Two back-to-back conference championships. He's lost five games in three years. They've been great. The donor money's coming in. They're getting 45000 per game. It's right. in Jackson, Mississippi. So it's a big deal. And what Bomani Jones's argument was, was not that Dion was a sellout, but that he was saying that he had that brought come to the HBCUs to bring attention to the HBCUs. Right. And Bomani's thoughts were, well, he didn't bring attention to the HBCUs. He brought attention to Jackson State. Correct. He brought attention to Dion. And that's not untrue. Right. You know, all the other HBCUs do not have the advantages that Jackson State now has. No. They, they, they did a great job of le- le- leveraging the relationship that Dion had. Mm-hmm. And they're going to continue that. There's, there's an Under Armour contract there now that's in place and not going to go anywhere. Deals with like American Airlines and some of the other places, the people that Dion does stuff with mm-hmm. that are in there. And his point was, hey, there are rich alumnies, alums at these schools. They can be making these same deals too. Yeah. But he's Dion Sanders. He's prime. He's prime. He's coach prime. Whether you whether you <laughs> Whether you're prime time or coach prime, I mean, it's there's whatever generation you grew up with prime. The sweatshirt he was wearing yesterday was prime in CU colors. Yeah. yeah. Here is the very fair point that I think it has not been said about Dion. And I, I love this comparison. This is where I did agree with Bomani Jones. Some of the stuff I didn't agree with. I was like, eh, you know, no, you can't do that everywhere. And yeah, I don't think his intention was to just draw attention to himself. And and I think that he was probably saying the right things. Mm-hmm. He did want to help out HBCUs, but people have to do their part too. The other piece is Dion clearly wanted to be a coach. Yeah. Dion clearly wanted to be a Division One coach. He wanted to be a Division One coach and he wanted to be a Power Five coach. But what Dion didn't want to do is what all coaches, except for what Prime has done, and he found a way around this, is he didn't become an assistant coach anywhere. Oh, no. He took the Jeff Saturday route. Yeah. So that was where I was going to go with it. So Dion's getting a lot of criticism now. They're saying, well, he went there to Jack. This is Beaumont's deal, and I – and this is where I think he's wrong as well. He says, well, he went to Jackson to because he knew he could be a head coach. And if he did well, he'd get one of these gigs. Mm-hmm. Now, that's true. He got one of the gigs because he did do well at Jackson. And it helps as Dion's Dion. It also, frankly, helps Dion's Black. Because yeah. that's very underserved in college football. And with someone with his attention, he's going to get the position. Schools are trying to hire well, some schools are trying to hire black coaches. And Dion's going to get one of those jobs. He's now got the Colorado job. Um, he would not have gotten hired at some other places. Um, but I think it's, I thought it was a great choice. I think in the end, I think the three choices that Dion seemed to have were all three good choices, Cincinnati, South Florida, and Colorado. He mm-hmm. didn't, he'd have gotten, he'd done well at either of them. But the big thing is, is that, yeah, he did circumvent the idea of going to be an assistant coach. The quote-unquote traditional route. Yeah, the traditional route. And the example that Bomani used was saying, well, people say Peyton Manning would be a great head coach. 
but Peyton Manning's not going to go be the hold a clipboard somewhere. He's not no. going to be someone's assistant, as Dion wouldn't either. Hell no. But now we can't just blame Dion and say, well, Dion did this like it's a bad thing because Jeff Saturday just did the same goddamn thing. He's went from ESPN. You know who else just did it too? Then we're talking about Trent Dilfer. Yeah, which is crazy. Trent Dilfer went from a high school job. He went from ESPN to a high school job to now being the Division One head coach. Right. Now I get that also in Trent Dilfer's spot, he also was like the head of the eleven, which is the quarterbacks thing, you know. But Peyton and Ar- Peyton, Eli and Archie run the Manning Passing Academy. They're different, right? It, it's. I don't think again. It kind of goes back to that racist thing, and I and again with with Balmati Jones, it's clearly not a racism thing. He's upset because Dion's leaving an HBCU, mm-hmm. and that has to tie into part. And he admits that that's part of it. And but he also, to his credit, Balmati said, "I got done the same thing. I'd taken that money too, and I'd have gone to Colorado." He just didn't yeah. like that he circumvented not being an assistant coach. But no one's talking about Jeff Saturday, that's why. No one's saying that he circumvented becoming a head coach. I They were. I mean. They were saying it in a different they way. Were. They were saying, in, in a way, though, it was it was saying, well, you weren't. I don't know. I think that it was in a different way, though. It was they were pissed that it happened mid-season and everything else. And it was like, why didn't you hire this guy instead? Sure. In the end, Deion Sanders is a great coach. He's going to be a great coach in Colorado. Uh, the portal is going to make this job a lot easier. Sure. And what he told his players at Colorado, I guess I kind of glazed over that. He told his players, he says, look, what's been here for 20 years, unacceptable. And if you want to be part of that culture, go ahead and get to the portal now. Because you won't be staying here. I'm bringing yeah. the dogs with you. And now with the portal, I mean, we've got guys going to transfer in here. He's going to – his son's going to be the quarterback, obviously, but he's going to have to you – know, he even said in his press conference, my quarterback's standing right over there. And he's right. His son. He's not you been know, shy so. about it. No, he's not shy about it. And he's going he's gonna to get players to come in there. And it's amazing what you can do now with NIL, which we talked a lot about in this podcast. Yep. The transfer portal. Yes. And then you get a guy like Dion who knows how to play this game. Yeah. yeah. Last thing I want to hit on. The Dion thing kind of leads into the transfer portal stuff. Have you seen what's going on with the transfer portal? Well, I mean, I've seen a lot, but are you talking about a particular local um, player who has decided not to sign with USC? Um, which one are you talking about then? I, I'm just talking about how there's a goddamn shitload of players in this thing. Oh, there's a ton of it, but there is a guy that I believe went to, who goes to Free State. He had signed with USC. He's lineman and uh, has decommitted from USC. And it wasn't USC. It was Baylor. Oh, Baylor. Sorry. Baylor. Still huge. Yeah. Um, and the thought is, is that he's going to be signing. He's already, he has committed to KU. Now. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, he, he will not be the only one. As well, I think there'll be more people from that class going to KU, and I think I think we may even see someone who is from here who has not announced something that may jump into the portal the next few days yeah. and be transferred yeah. from, a, from a large school here. Okay. Um, but what I was talking about in the what I, one of the thoughts I saw first off, the funniest thing to me was you see, you know who hates the portal, right? You know that Dabo Sweeney hates the portal. And of course, you know, our, our friend Nick Saban. Yeah. Well, Dabo couldn't run fast enough to put his quarterback in this in the goddamn thing. He does not want his quarterback anymore. He took him out of the championship game and he just escorted him to the front of the line in the portal. Poor DJ. And so how, how do you say his last name? Do you know? Can you do it? I, I don't Unga Galay? That's yeah. not quite right. So five-star recruit. Starting quarterback last season, didn't play great. Didn't play great this year. Dabo takes him out. He brings another quarterback in. And now that DJ's leaving Clemson, 
this is the kid that was supposed to be Trevor Lawrence. He was supposed, supposed to be the next one in that lineage of Deshaun right. Watson, Trevor Lawrence, and clearly he's not. They're moving on. Yep. You brought up Nick Saban's name. A lot of Alabama players went in this portal. It, yep. Said it before. Say it again. It's not going to surprise me if the Sugar Bowl is his last game. It, I mean, we've talked about this a number of times, and I agree with you. He's what? What's left for him to do but be yeah. frustrated by the youth, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so I was talking to Tyler Jones about this, and I, it's frustrating. The, the portal is both really fun and frustrating at the same time. Sure. You know, you go get two players. Say you go get two quarterbacks or two running backs. One beats the other one out, and then one leaves via the portal. And it's like it's frustrating because you want to keep them both in case one gets hurt or what if one improves drastically, you can switch, whatever it might be. But I'm also not going to tell these kids they can't leave because the coaches can. You know, I mean, that's the coach can leave tomorrow if he wants. So why would that make any difference? You know right. what? The kids should be able to leave as well. So I see the frustrations of it, but I also see that it's the right thing. I do wish that some kids wouldn't use the portal just because they think, oh, man, I'm not a starter my freshman year, so I'm going to uh-huh. go somewhere else. You know, you got to earn it, too. Sure. Absolutely. So, uh, that's the frustration. But I think it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of players out there with all the coach movement. We're going to see players. What we're also going to see is that recruiting is not going to end on signing day. No. Recruiting is going to be here. You're you're recruiting the kid. He doesn't sign with you. Stay in contact because he might be available in a year. It's a year-round thing, yep. Yep. So it's pretty unbelievable. So, Well, that's what I had on my plate for today. So is there anything else you have or want to bring up, talk about before we jump up out of here? No, I think we're good. All right. Well. You got any big plans for the weekend? Anything going on? No, nope, just going to the Nuggets game tomorrow, so that'll be the highlight. Enjoy that. Tell Nicholas I said hello. I will. I'll see you in a couple of weeks as I'll be Look out there. Look forward to it. Be, yeah. We're going to go to an Avs game. It'll be fun. Yeah. So, so as always, thank you so much for coming in. I enjoy chatting. So, uh, we're going to jump out of here. Uh, thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Subbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We appreciate every five-star review. Uh, Until Monday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. That's Ellen Wingenter. And uh, have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.